This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily, uh, the podcast featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, there was a, obviously a bit of excitement involved and such slight hangovers after England's victory to take them to Euro 2020. But we got on with the business of finding out the threat that Italy posed and how we can get into them and the team we should put together because Jonathan Wilson joined us, didn't he? Yeah, we did. We did the two really important things, actually, looking at the game in a serious way. We did that and Lloyd Griffiths talking about dropping his phone down a toilet. That's right. Dropping his phone down a toilet at Wembley. So that's that. We had a chat and, of course, it's Thursday. It doesn't matter what you've qualified for. uh, The birthday spread waits for no man. So we brought you that as well. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Brian. I said this yesterday, didn't I? I said, look, I, I know how to feel when there's glorious failure. I don't I don't know how to feel when, you know, we we win a game, we dominate a game. We were obviously a bit lucky with the penalty. I really enjoyed Andros there yesterday. Just heard that in the news. Saying, yeah. It's definitely a penalty. You remember when he said super slow-mo always makes the contact look less? And I think of that, I think of that, Daniel's son t- challenged. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, sort of, but, you know, that one that wasn't a red card or not. I was like, that super slow-mo did not make the contact look less, no. did it, at all? And then you had Glenn Hoddle in the sport going, well, the Italians are tired. You know, please don't. We've been there before. Yeah, with Croatia. Don't, don't do this to me. Although the Italians, have, apparently, Gazetta della Sport, we read today, the mm-hmm. conspiracy theories are in. Uh, Simon Evans on Twitter says, Gazette della Sport saying, the generous penalty awarded to England confirms the suspicions of a return of favour to Boris Johnson for his role in stopping the Super League threat to UEFA. So this is a thank you to Boris (laughs) for thwarting uh, the brave Juve owners as they wanted to break away from the rest of the world. Do you think by the final someone will teach Boris how to look? Look like like you... even vaguely know how to be at a football match. But then, see, that's a carefully... We've always said this is a carefully cultivated image. Even when he goes for a run, how many people, as I said, every little last item, to the rugby socks that he knows people hate, to the crag hopper's fleece, to the stupid uh, thing he wears on his head, whatever it is when he runs, the whole thing is cult this sort of rag bag um, image that he looks mm. to cultivate I mean it'd, much be, it'd be much quicker to put on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt You're absolutely but right. he has to go through the motions well look there, there was one man in that 
It's not a political point, a sartorial one. Well, I'm going to make a political point, and I know this isn't talk radio, but there was one man in that stadium who represents this country in a brilliant way and represents everybody, and that is Gareth Southgate. Indeed. 100%. And I'm so pleased for him. I'm so pleased that we we now know he's a brilliant football manager. That decision, you know, to to take Grealish off, and everyone goes, oh, the ultimate crime to substitute a substitute, but... Grealish didn't Look at care. his reaction yeah. to that. Look at his reaction straight after the game. Look at everything he's done on social media. Look when he... Was he sulking? They, they put the cameras on him. Is he throwing down his little shin pads? Is he chucking the nana? Is he looking at his teammates? Is he shrugging? No, he's watching the match. Yeah. He's into the match. He's a, he's a squad player. And I was listening... I, I, I took the dog for a walk after the game. I was listening to the sports bar. And I know they've put it out on social media. But a Villa fan phoned up and said, I couldn't watch it after that. The disrespect shown to Jack Grealish... <laughs> Obviously, Jason's gone mad. But with, but you're thinking, look, if your player's upset, maybe get upset on his behalf. When your player clearly isn't, then why rail against it? And also, what was great about that goal, and I've got the clip of me watching the... And do you remember that goal that Cambridge scored? And I go a bit nasal, a bit Joe Pasquale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what's so great is it was a penalty, right? So so many people filmed it. There were yeah. brilliant. There were there were just shots everywhere. There was a brilliant one of an Islamic seminary. That. that was yeah, so yeah, good, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, like and and uh, all crowded around a laptop. It's the double noise. It's the second moment in this tournament. Thomas Muller going through was the first yeah. moment when you were like, "I'm totally bereft." When Kane struck that penalty, and you were like, in that split second, yeah. we all felt it. The whole, it felt the whole like hours. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a little look, delay. Um, here is here is my one. Here yes. it is. Why do you, you turn I, I, into? I don't know. Why'd you, it's like it gets quite pterodactyl-like yeah. in those moments, doesn't it? I don't want to dwell on that for too How long. How do you know what a pterodactyl sounds? Well, like? it's got that. <laughs> it's okay. that sort of Jurassic well, Park that thing. True. No, oh, yeah. oh, it's quite frightening. That. <laughs> anyway, the, the whole country noise. was doing but it. But everyone, everyone will have had that moment, that split second. And I know it wasn't long, but it felt in that tiny moment you were like, I just thought Harry Kane's missed a penalty in extra time. Yeah. I can't, and and that means I'm going to have to watch. Five, ten more penalties, and I, I can't face it. I can't face. You know the the video of me. I'm to- I'm like holding. I'm just holding myself. I'm yeah. cradling myself. <laughs> well, oh, um, we did ask you earlier in the week those things you had to do last night that you'd done on Saturday when England beat Ukraine. You did those things you were superstitious about. And David in Romford is back. He told us that um, he's not somebody who frequents a well-known high street burger chain and hadn't really been for five years, but found himself having one at the start of this tournament before an England match and has had to have the same meal uh, for uh, the last month, effectively. He said, Sunday's going to be the best day ever, David in Romford. Uh, I'm going to be watching my country play in the final of a major international football tournament for the first time ever. And two, I'm going to be eating a quarter pounder with cheese and a fillet of fish can't put the whole word in for the last time ever come on England uh, he so says good. maybe if they're listening they'll sponsor him for that when they give him a free one can we, can we let the listeners know uh, what we want them to uh, yeah. uh, get in touch about yeah. so obviously we talked about the PE teachers you know like uh, you know the bre- breakfast TV all these other broadcast oh. habits they don't talk about sport all the time you know it's a bit like where were you when we were bleep yeah. you know that's what they're doing but now they've done the PE teachers so we need to find tenuous links really to, tenuous to links. any member of the squad or the coaching staff and you could be 
on BBC Breakfast on Sunday morning. And I'll be on location you? speaking to them yeah. uh, this afternoon. So, so, for example, like David got in touch to say, so th- here's how it works. You know, oh, so now let's cross to uh, uh, our reporter, Paul Hawksby, uh, who's up in the Midlands. Uh, Paul, I believe you have David Harper with you, who once went to a wedding with Jack Grealish's cousin, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Max. I am uh, with David uh, Harper now. Now, uh, uh, David, yeah, obviously the question that everybody wants to know is the Grealish family, do they like marzipan? <laughs> did, they have, did they have a slice of the cake? And how do you think um, his cousin would have felt watching him last night substituted? So you get the idea with really that. I mean, David can't yeah, answer, so he's let, not here. Let's, so we cross, are... let's cross, I know we have to break, but let's cross just before we do yeah. go to the weather. Uh, let's cross to our reporter, Paul Hawksby, who's with Gabriel Milland, whose nephew worked in the same mortgage brokers as Tyrone Mings. Uh, so uh, over, Paul, lovely, lovely to have everyone. Gabriel with you. Yeah, thanks very much, Max. I'm with uh, Gabriel this afternoon. And um, obviously the question we all really want to ask you is, uh, was it Tyrone's what? Uh, he worked at the same mortgage I worked in the same mortgage His mortgage nephew did. His nephew, okay. <laughs> Paul, you should do they're your getting, research. They're getting very tenuous. You've not given me any of these. I feel like I'm doing whose line is it anyway. Well, I mean, was it, was it a 0%? Uh, was it a very good one? I mean, I, I've, I've got nothing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, uh, yeah, England, Italy, of course, on Sunday. Um, and uh, I think we're all going to be now. Th- we've all watched Italy throughout this tournament, and I'm sure been very impressed. We saw them have to uh, find another way of winning. Uh, uh, on Tuesday evening against Spain. But where are the weaknesses? What can we exploit? Let's try and be positive from an England point of view. As Jonathan Wilson, uh, football writer, uh, joins us now. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Good afternoon, how are you doing? Good, Good thank, thank you. you. Um, so you, you, were, you were there last night, you witnessed it all unfold, um, and you've, um, you've seen plenty of Italy and plenty of England. Uh, how do the two sides match up, do you think? 
Well, I think they have been the the, the best two sides in the tournament. That's a slightly banal point, but you know, they don't. The best two sides don't always reach the final. So I think it's um, yeah, it's good for the tournament they have. Uh, I think either would be a worthy winner. I think you'd probably say Italy have been more consistently impressive, given how slowly England started. But maybe England have been more impressive in the knockouts. So I guess the big question for Southgate again is: Does he stick with this four-three-three or four-two-three-one? Or does he go to the back three that worked so well against Germany? I feel like I've asked that question so many times. What do you th- what do you think he should do? Well, I feel like I've answered it so many times, and my answer is always <laughs> the same, which is I don't know. I can see arguments both ways. Um, I, I think my instinct will be to be cautious here to to, to, to play with the back three. Um, I, I think I mean, obviously Spinazzola isn't there. The, you know, the Italian left wing, left back who'd been so so impressive that he had that Achilles injury uh, against Belgium. And Emerson Palmieri came in him, was fine, did, did very well in the semi-final, but I think his link-up with Insigne down on left side wasn't quite as you'd expect. Yeah, they haven't played together regularly, so it wasn't quite as, as effective as Spinazzola's was. Um, so as a maybe you, you, you think, well, maybe England should play a 4-3-3 and try and put pressure on him, but my, my temptation would be to, to stick Kieran Trippier on him and stop him, try and stop him getting forward. And then you've got the the, the pace of Carl Walker on the on the right of the back three uh, to to try and try and uh, stop Insigne because I think that's where the real danger comes from. You've got Chiesa on, on the other side probably, uh, who's obviously yeah been very bright through the tournament. But I think Insigne has been the best of the three forwards. And Immobile, having started the tournament quite well, I think was actually pretty poor against Belgium certainly. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, the, the threat from Italy comes from wide. So it, it seems to me to make sense to try and block up those wide areas. And also, uh, the Italian midfield, you know, that, 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 that three um, of Jorginho uh, plus Verratti plus Barella is so strong. I don't think, particularly after what we saw, sort of the middle part of the first half last night, you wouldn't rely on England being able to control midfield as they say did against Ukraine. So in that case, I think you, you go back to the logic that was used against Germany, which was this midfield could dominate ours. Therefore, we have to be a bit more cautious, a bit more reactive, because if we grant them too much possession, they can get in behind our fullbacks, and that's a problem. We've seen Italy, generally, Jonathan, be very sort of fast-paced, dynamic in their play. They couldn't do that against Spain, but and so you might say, "Well, let's use that as the blueprint." But England don't play like Spain, so we so we can't really do that. I mean, how do you think Italy will approach this game? I and mean, the jeopardy is upped, of course. Um, they won't want to get caught on the break. They know we've got pace. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping it's a wonderful open game of football. I'm expecting it to be really tight. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's goalless at the end of ninety minutes, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to read about Mancini here. That you know, he, he preaches this doctrine of being very proactive, and, and certainly through the group stage they were. Uh, but then, yeah, the Austria game was a real slog for them. I mean, I think that's the really surprising game. And maybe against Spain, you sort of think, well, yeah, Spain are really good in possession, and, and Italy have that other way of playing to fall back on, which which they did very quickly. That I think they had 34 percent possession in that game. Um, now England clearly are not as good in possession as Spain, so Mancini may think, you know, we can impose. Uh, we can impose ourselves on England that you know, we don't need to be as uh, as deep lying as we were against Spain. Um, and I think particularly you know, that middle 15 minutes of the first half last night, I think that would be the big concern for England. That I don't know if it was if it was policy in Denmark, just the way the game unfolded, but England had that sort of initial surge of first 15 minutes when they looked great and Sterling kept on getting in uh, on, on the left um, behind uh, Striga. 
and you sort of thought, oh, this is this is all going fine, this is great. And I think they had 62% possession that first 15 minutes. And the next 15 minutes, they had 45%. And Rice started to misplace passes. Phillips started to misplace passes. Mm. Pickford suddenly started jittering. And, you, and so whether it was that England, the initial ad- adrenal surge that you see from England sort of fading away, or whether it was a deliberate Danish policy of, okay, we'll, we'll give them the first quarter of an hour, let them run themselves out, let that initial surge go, and then we'll press back at them. But it, it did cause panic. And in a sense, the goal was all, almost the... Uh, the best thing that could have happened in that it broke that pattern and England were then able to get back into it before mm. half-time. If we can't use Sp- Spain as the blueprint, maybe we can use Austria. What did Austria do that made it so difficult for Italy that night at Wembley? Well, they did play back three and I think that's the that, that's why I was able to a back three. I, I think you, you saw how how they were able to, to block up some of the space um, that Italy weren't... Uh, getting the same sort of fluency of, of, of passing in the final third that they had in the group stage. Uh, and, and at the same time, I think the Austrian press was very disciplined. I, th- I think Austria actually played, um, I'm about to make a, a huge sweeping statement here. Is this true? I think it probably is. I think Austria outperformed expectations more than any other side of this Euros. I, I, you know, I was expecting nothing from them, and they actually turned out to be quite good. And one of the reasons for that was their pressing was very good in, in very controlled bursts. I think that's probably the way you have to do it. I think you have to um, be relatively conservative, maintain that low block, but then be ready to press uh, when, the, when the opportunity arises. And that probably means playing Mason Mount as the right of the front three, mm. because he is so good at that. And if you think of the job he did against Belgium last year at Wembley uh, in, in the Nations League game, when England came from behind to win 2-1, if he can do that on Palmieri, that really does cause Italy problems because they attack almost exclusively down the left. They don't really go down the right. Right, you fill me with confidence. That was actually exactly going to be my question. Is a personnel thing then? You, it would be, God, to tell Luke Shaw you're not starting after the tournament he's had if he plays Trippier on the left. Could you see him? I mean, is, is that, you know, is that a toss of a coin or do you think it is much more sensible to play Trippier on the left of a, as left wing back? No, I'm saying you play Trippier right wing back. Oh, you play Trippier right, but right, right. Okay, I get that now. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and Walker, Walker goes right into, the into the right of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Walker goes right uh, of the three. And, and, no, you have to keep Sean. Yes. Sean and Walker have been brilliant. Certainly, the last two games, I think they've been against two outstanding players. Yeah, I agree with games. that. No, that makes sense. And and Mount as well on the right. So Saka, it makes sense. It does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. and and Southgate has shown. I mean, I I, I don't know what. You feel about that, Wilson? You were there last night. He's just shown real bravery since game one, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And even, I mean, the the, the, the emblematic moment last night in, in terms of that was taking off Grealish. Hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe subbing a sub isn't such a big deal these days when you have, you know, with extra time up to six subs. Maybe maybe players are sort of more attuned to that idea. It's, it's not this sort of great humiliation because there are so many more substitutions happening. And Grealish appears to have been fine with it. Uh, although even that, I did wonder whether that was just really clever management from from Southgate. That he sort of he he diffused that issue straight away by saying, "No, Jack's fine with it." He said, "Oh, he got through. It's it's great. Don't worry about it." Now Greenish can't do anything now. He can't. You can't sort of say, "Well, that's not actually how I felt," because then he looks an idiot. Hmm. So Southgate's given him the right words to say, even if that's not actually what he said. But yeah, maybe it is what he said. Probably it's what he said. But to to, to take off um, a substitute and not only to do that, but to to take off. Yeah, sort of the the popular champion, you know, the the, the player who certainly before the tournament everybody wanted in during the group stage. Every oh, why isn't he playing Grealish? Why isn't he playing Grealish? And then he gives Grealish his head, a huge roar, and Grealish comes on. It was still the biggest cheer for substitution last night. And then to take him off, 
And I did have that little moment of, uh, of, of panic of, oh, is this going to be like the Columbia game where he needlessly invites pressure? And then so my, brain, my, you know, my brain sort of clicked in and so I said, no, he's going to the back three. That, that makes all kinds of sense because we know how Denmark play when, they, when they're behind, which he you know, explained in the, in the press conference. And in terms of containing Denmark, it makes sense. Uh, and it turned out to be absolutely the right thing to do because mm. Denmark had one touch in England box in, in, the, in that second half of extra time. And that touch was right in the top corner of the box. Um, and that, I, don't know, I know Denmark were down 10 men by the time, but that period of, uh, what was it, two minutes, 41 seconds of England holding possession? I mean, have you ever seen anything like that from an England side? Yeah. I mean, as, a, you know, as a journalist, I, I was sitting there you know, watching it. I mean, obviously, I was typing at the same time. I was getting towards deadline time. Harry Kane gets the ball on the left, and you realise, oh, he's going to check back. He's not going to go in the box. So head down, typing. You're relying on, on crowd noise to, to kind of alert you to anything happening. And sort of, you know, there's no change in the crowd noise for ages. And I sort of looked up, having written, you know, 150 words or something, and suddenly the ball's back with Kane. And <laughs> I was thinking, what's just happened there? Have I just written words in literally zero seconds. Uh, cheers, Wilson. Yeah, Thanks cheers, Jonathan. Up. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. It's a good point Jonathan makes there because even when, um, you know, sometimes managers make decisions, especially bold decisions like that, mm -hmm. and you get a collective groan or what? What's he doing? The odd boo. None of that. Yeah. He took Greenish off. There was barely a reaction we to it, believe. wasn't there? We well, all believe. That, yeah. that's, that's a mark of the trust, I think, uh, the England fans have in the manager at the moment. Uh, my knowledge of pterodactyl vocalisations comes from a 1974 episode of Doctor Who. And I've got to say, Jurassic Park, <laughs> is it all that, says Ed. Um, well, yes, it's Max. We'll Making... play it later on. Max sounds like a dinosaur uh, when he celebrates England goals. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. We will be in Denmark a little bit later on. Christian Volney has joined us throughout the tournament and it's been an emotional one for them. It came to an end last night in controversial circumstances uh, to the point that we have just received... Uh, Quite a, yeah, it's, it's all in capital letters. <laughs> which, which does give over which, real which shouting. Which generally, uh, in the Owen Meany envelope for John Irving fans, would suggest shouting. Yes, it? would you like me to shout it do you, for you? Do you want to shout? Do you want to okay. go slightly off mic so we don't frighten off. people? Can you do yeah, that? It's okay. up to you. Go on, so shout. Is, shout. Is, what, is, what, just the they've not put here. their name on it, no, it seems a shame. Just the messenger here. Here we go, yeah. Denmark were cheated out of the tournament. Am I too off mic? Was this good? Uh, is that okay? Or do you want a bit on mic? Okay, bit on okay, mic. okay go on. This. Denmark were cheated out of this tournament. First diving Sterling, then a laser pen shone in the face of the Danish keeper. Is there no depths in the darkest sewer that England won't wallow in? Ah, well, only God and Italy can administer true justice now. Save us, Italy, or a sinister darkness will engulf us. It does sound a bit like one of Dave Gorman's found poems, and <laughs> it? it needs a string quartet <laughs> under that. On a totally different note, yeah. I, I'm sort of quite emotionally weak and I mentioned that like videos of animals well you know people animals. have had a drink and then they're a bit they get, get a bit sentimental that's what you're like today well I did it? you played the Jim Bradford commentary and it, yeah. it actually made me sort of not cry but just get that little I'm feeling this uh, there was you, a catch catch in your yeah, voice wasn't it Luke yeah. has sent a video of a, a a mother duck playing hide and seek with her babies in a in a pond that the sort of uh, mildew over the water. Nice, yeah. So it's sort of all green. Algae. Algae, yes, if yeah. that's the right word. And, yeah. and the the little duck, uh, the little ducklings, they, they, they swim up to the mother. You're listening to the talk sport, by the way. <laughs> the little ducklings swim up to the mother and then she bops under the water and they don't know where she's gone. Oh, and yeah. she pops up somewhere else and then they 
toddle over to her Did that again. get you as much as Jim's commentary? Oh, that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> Those two together, if you could put Jim Proudfoot's commentary over, over the ducklings with Jim saying, playing hide and blow seek your whistle, with their mum. Which was wonderful. <laughs> um, who was that journalist, Jonathan, says Matt in London. He spoke total sense. I'd like oh, to read his articles. Can we not give credit to Jonathan? Where can, I mean, you can read. He's written a lot of fine books, many of them on tactics. Yes, uh, he wrote Inverting the Pyramid, which is, which is, brilliant which book, is yeah, the it is the book on the sort of the history of football and how it began and yeah. the football the, the formations. Um, I've only got to page 107 because it's quite you know it's quite heavy going. <laughs> you know you got to plod through it. But yes, uh, Jonathan Wilson is his name. Yeah, and, uh, it pains me to say it, but he is a thoroughly br- I don't know why, but he's, he's a thoroughly brilliant journalist. If you yeah. just joined us, he he's, he is plump for a three at the back. He thinks uh, that's how Austria caused Italy problems. Um, what did you think of that? Because it really made yeah, sense when he when he it explained did make it. Sense, yeah, yeah, and uh, he, he is he is putting Walker as on the right side of the three and having Shaw and Trippier as the two uh, wing backs in a three four three. That's mm. what he was calling for with Mount on the right side of, of the, the three. three. So Saka would be uh, on the bench again. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. Um, and now, what great news! Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're uh, oh, you're, yeah, you're watching just happy daytime morning TV. And last week we spoke to the PE teachers of all the England squad. We've run out of them, so we're looking for anyone who has any vague link uh, to any of the players in the squad. I'm really pleased to say our reporter Paul Hawksby is out and about. Yeah, hi Max, I can, I can hear you. Yeah, yes. marvelous, great. Thanks so much. You've got a great gig, and I believe with you, Paul, is Stephen. Carter and I believe that Jordan Pickford's mum once helped him out when he had a nosebleed uh, Stephen is with you now isn't he? Yeah Stephen uh, look thanks ever so much for joining us and I'm sure it was a monumental moment in the family's history. I mean how much blood are we talking? I mean was it was it pints or was it just was it sort of stemmed with a little bit of ice on the bridge of the nose or did he have to go to A&E? So talk us through it. Thanks so much Paul. Also yeah. wonderful news so we've got reporters up and down the country we well, can now... just basically me. It's you okay Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, up the country, uh, we can join uh, joining Paul Hawksby now, uh, who is out in the radio car. Yeah. Uh, is Ant, uh, who used to work at Iceland supermarket and once served Dominic Calvert Lewin's mum in Sheffield. Fantastic, uh, Ant. There, Paul. Yeah, and look, uh, thank you, Max. Uh, and is uh, with me. And I think the question we all want to know is that did she buy those little chocolate eclairs? Because I think six for ninety nine p. I don't know if they've gone up since. That's a very good price, Ant. And I would, I would have been. At all surprised if she'd she'd bought some eclairs while she was there. Let us know. Do yeah. Are we really yeah. catching the mood of so the So what nation we're looking here? for are more tenuous links to uh, this current England squad because every sports teacher there's a corker on Sky News this morning. Oh, absolute no. corker. This seven o'clock, five past seven in the morning, they went to Declan Rice's old school, <laughs> where for some reason the kids are in a full scale training session. <laughs> You'd imagine what, double PE at Luke, seven. Get up, <laughs> mum. It's half past five. Luke, get up. Do you want to be on the telly or not? Sky are coming down your school. Oh, don't. Get up. Get up, Luke. So Luke goes down there along with all his mates. And they, what school puts on a full-scale training session <laughs> the one at that, 7 o'clock the one in that, the morning? The one that gets me... The teachers would be up before the uh, board, wouldn't the, they? The one that gets me, and I did this when I was a local radio reporter, but it's when they're in a gym and, the, you know, the reporter has had to choreograph yeah. a set of people, you know, the kids, and it's sort of like do the, they do the chatting, they chat to the teacher, they chat to the one of the kids. Clearly one of the kids they know isn't going to swear. Yeah. You know, it, it's a bit like on A-level results day. The school always picked the... Sm- no one 
someone goes, oh, open your envelope, I've got two Ds and a U. They yeah. never have that. It's always straight A's, isn't it? And they go, and we all, is it coming home? And then it has to pan to the all the kids and they all cheer, but not for quite long enough. And then you can see the report going, can you yeah. keep it, just keep it going a little bit, could you? There'll be some real drop the dead donkey moments. Get on Amazon Prime, they'll be told. Get loads of outfits in very small size. We need a small crusader for a kid. We need a Union Jack suit for a kid. And then they go down a primary school and there's all these sort of six-year-olds looking absolutely <laughs> petrified. One dressed as a crusader and the teacher's got to go along with the whole thing. And they're all looking very excited. They've all dressed up today for pre-Euro 2020. They one kid wets himself because he doesn't want to be on the telly. It's, oh, dear me. Anyway, can't wait to go. Keep it going. Anyway, do let us know. Yeah, absolutely um, right. But your tenuous links to the current squad. And uh, there's any more... I'm really pleased we can just join our reporter, Paul Hawksby. Yeah, thanks, Max. I can can hear you. Yeah, you can hear me. That's great news. You're with Dave, uh, who drives past Calvin Phillips' house twice a day. Yeah, uh, Dave, uh, please don't tell us where Calvin lives. (laughs) That's really the most important. That's the most important thing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, every sports teacher has been spoken to, uh, of course, that has done any kind of work at all over the years with a member of the current England squad. But we are out and about around the nation today. And our reporter, Max Rushton, is just about to catch up with uh, a friend of Charlie the Cabbies. Not Charlie the Cabbie himself, of course. A friend of Charlie the Cabbies who once stroked Harry Kane's dog. Max. Yes, wonderful. Thanks so much uh, uh, for uh, joining us. I mean, there's some sore heads around here. I'm pleased to say Charlie's friend, who doesn't want to give his name, no. uh, is with us now. And when you, uh, the question is, when you were stroking uh, Harry Kane's dog, did you get a sense that Harry Kane would lead England to their first major final since 1966? Back to you, Paul. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, maybe we'll never know the answer. Keep those coming. Uh, talk, somebody who built Jack Grealish's wardrobes has not put his name on there. How can we throw to you? We don't know your name. So, um, <laughs> we, we caught up with Lloyd Griffith yesterday. He we was, did. He was... Uh, sober. Uh, yeah, he was sober at that stage. And he was off to uh, watch uh, the semi-final last night in the company of his friend Rob Beckett. They'd gone somewhat viral, of course, in the build-up to the Germany game. Um, he had still had a bit of work to do in the afternoon. Didn't yes, he? he did. And then, then was heading to Wembley later. But um, we, we, yeah, on social media, you may have seen there was an incident, uh, which we won't dwell on too much at around lunchtime. But uh, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a sense of what went on. So uh, Lloyd rejoins us now. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Good afternoon, gents. Now, uh, um, I mean, let's start with a positive. What a night to be there and all that, and uh, very enjoyable, I would guess. Yeah, it was an amazing, amazing atmosphere. Um, I remember the 90 minutes, the extra time's a bit of a daze, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but I've watched the highlights again this morning, and yeah, we played great. It was, honestly, one of those moments where you're going, I just can't believe we've, we've just got to a final. Mm. Did you, we've did, won a game. Did yeah. you, in the ground, have the sense, I don't know where you were compared to where the penalty was taken, you know that half, not even half second, it's a millisecond, isn't it, of absolute panic when uh, Schmeichel, who had a brilliant game, by the way, saved oh, that penalty. God. Yeah, if, if one of the, we were at the other end, we couldn't really see it. We saw him save the penalty, and then Kane obviously just took it away. So, it, it, it was, as you say, like it was, it was split second, you know, from from him taking it to then saving and then going in. And I just watched it back as well. Kane didn't even look at the his shot going in. Like it's like a no look. Shoot, shoot, shot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Words are not important right now, Lloyd. It doesn't matter. Um, but it was. I'm not sure if you've seen it. He literally doesn't, he doesn't even look at where he's hitting it. Yeah. He, knows he's, he knows he's scoring the rebound, which got me thinking this morning as well. 
do they practice that? Do they practice, you know, follow ups? Really? Practice <laughs> missing yeah. penalties. Yeah, that, that would be that would be Gareth that is most prepared. There's practice for rebounds. The, the the Harry Kane, the trademark Harry Kane penalty is the little stuttered run, as we know, that goes to the other side mm. of where we chose to go to, right in that corner of the net, and they're normally drilled low and hard yeah. into that kind of side part of the net. And so it was a game of. I mean, you know, obviously they, he was at Leicester. For a while, I think what he has paths crossed at Leicester with Michael. How many picks has he taken against Michael? I don't know. I mean, he's taken a few against Michael mm. in the past, but it was that thing of he'll go the other way. Um, I was just yeah. praying that he didn't go down the middle. I still think if he hits his trademark penalty right, it's unstoppable, yeah. even if Schmeichel yeah. guesses. And so I was a bit surprised that he didn't. Yeah, and Schmeichel was just on the form of his life yeah. yesterday. He was on like some unreal saves, some really, really. You know, he's been he's been outstanding. So obviously gutted that you know he's out because um, he plays for Denmark, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, what was the what was the atmosphere like? What were the Danish fans like? Did there, were there enough of them to make a noise? Yeah, they were, they were down the other end to us, and you know they were they were they were giving it good. It was really, it was it was a really really nice atmosphere last night. Um, there, yeah, maybe like five thousand Danish people in there last night. But yeah, they were making a noise when they scored. You could definitely hear them. Um, but what was amazing as well, like we didn't lose our heads. Like we didn't like fans as well. I'm on about when 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 Denmark scored, everyone was like, oh, "It's fine. We can we can still do this." Which mm. again, as you, you haven't really had that belief as an England fan for, for for well, certainly in my existence. No, you'd normally think, "Oh, that's it. We're gone. It's all over. Yeah. We might as well go home now." Now the the incident happened from your point of view around this and the fact you were still texting and tweeting means it was it was salvageable but um, yeah you had an incident with your phone Lloyd I understand yeah I mean at the moment everyone's very being very kind of like safe you know what I mean washing hands hands face space all that lot yeah. and you know I'm sanitising my hands every time I fist bump someone and I'm wearing my mask um, what I didn't account for was dropping my toilet down a Wembley toilet. Dropping your phone down a Wembley toilet, yes. Unless you brought you a just toilet. Said, you were dropping a toilet down a Wembley toilet. I mean, that's... It's hard to get one in, that's isn't a level it? Of bring pre- one in. And he brings his own toilet to the toilet. That is impressive. I mean, this interview isn't growing down great with four hours. I didn't take my own toilet. I mean, uh, that'd, be, that'd be mental. He I'd takes my, his uh, own toilet. <laughs> They'd all be singing that to you, wouldn't they? Yeah. I, 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 dropped my, I dropped my phone I've got my own phone I dropped my phone down the toilet oh. and again it, it was very much like and I am going to compare myself to Harry Kane here it was like the reactions were you know I dropped it and then my hand just went straight into the toilet to grab it oh. not thinking what was in there and stuff and it, it was the um, cubicle toilet and you know obviously it, yeah it not, weren't yes not everybody morning. at a football ground leaves the cubicle as they would like to find it no. Lloyd and being yeah it, this isn't this isn't a shared workspace. This isn't enough. You know, it's 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 fifty thousand blokes just weeing all over the over it and tissue and fags and all that lot. Oh. So I just I just basically delved um, straight in. So yeah, I mean, it was great that we won, but equally one of the grimmest moments of my life. <laughs> is it is it still <laughs> is it still? I'd say put it in a bag of rice, but if you do, throw the rice away. But um, yeah. but if uh, is is it still working? Because like the, 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 it's a lot of the modern phones now. I've, I've got on here. Sorry, I love the other thing. Hi, love. I've cooked a pilaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's got a bit of a twang to it. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, is it yellow as, rice? As it, as it, yeah. As uh, Frank Zappa, yeah. Don't go near the yellow rice. Does um, is it still working? The phone. 
Well, yeah, we're speaking on it. And oh, okay. The phone's working more than me. You're holding so, it next um, to your face. Are you? Are you? I, I basically used a whole thing of hand sanitizer right. on the phone. I got some <laughs> tissues, and I, it was it, again just looked tragic. And Rob was filming the whole thing, which is great. And so just a whole ton of sanitizer and some tissues from the toilet. Cleaned it down. Then when I got home at about, I mean, I don't really remember getting home. Um, apparently, I went to Wembley McDonald's at uh, 2 o'clock this morning, so well done to me. And then I just, um, I, I used some anti-back wipes on the phone when I got back as well, and then, then went, went to bed, so. <laughs> and have you got, you've got a ticket, you've got a, and we just, you told us you'd maxed out the credit card. You've got a ticket for the final, have you, I understand? Yeah, I got a ticket last Monday for the final. Right. I was just working in Manchester, had an hour to spare before I had a meeting. I was like, I'm just going to go on the UEFA website and see if there's any tickets available. And there was one for the game last night, and there was one, well, there was more than one, mm. um, you know, and they were available for the final. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty expensive. Yeah. So, as I said <laughs> yesterday, you'll see me doing some dubious um, adverts in the next few weeks um, to pay off this, uh, this, this debt that's racked up. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of people panicking. I got offered £11,000 for the ticket last wow. night. Wow, wow. Which I think is absolutely ridiculous. So um, Yeah, but you're not I giving that up. That. You're not giving that up. Oh, there's really. a price. You've had a, you've got to be a price. So, just in... Um, um, the toilet. Among the adverts <laughs> on Sky Sports News, it's Lloyd Griffiths saying, drop your phone down the toilet. <laughs> well, worry no more with a new LG phone sanitizer. Oh, no, he's, no, he's advertising portable toilets. Oh, he, he that's in. right. Do you yeah, ever find yourself take... going to a game and you think, I don't want to go in that cubicle while yeah. I carry my own toilet? <laughs> There it is. Well, it's it, fully you can like you can stretch. plug it plug yeah. it into the folds can, down into exactly. a into a handy carry case. And actually, you can just plug it into the pipes anywhere you go. Yes, right. There you go. Self, flush it and away you go. Flush and go. That's to, what it is. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm out. Yeah. I think. Look, I think what you've done, Lloyd, is marvelous. I think it really is, and I think I really like you. But I think it's a lifestyle business, yeah. so I won't be investing. I'm out. That's okay. Well, there we are. Uh, Lloyd, enjoy the final. Good to talk to you again. Thanks a lot. Guys, take care. Lloyd Griffith there, the man who dropped, uh, not just, well, he's known for other things, a comedian actor. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't just drop phones down toilets, but that's sense to be why we got him on today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just for the birthday spread, we're out and about in the country today. Every sports teacher of every England player has been spoken to, but um, Max Rushton uh, is somewhere in the UK uh, this afternoon. Uh, with uh, Mike Nelson's wife, who once opened a bank account for Phil Foden uh, when he was on the verge of turning professional. Uh, Max, can you hear me? I can hear you. Thanks so much. Uh, welcome uh, to this local branch of uh, Midland Bank. Uh, lovely to be here. for years. And uh, surprising, the last one uh, uh, on Whatever happened to HSBC? And it's like the last 20 years never you happened. Still, you have a whole show. So, I, just, sorry. I just have a little one-minute segment. Uh, right. Mike Nelson's wife is with me, and uh, I suppose the first question is, did Phil Foden remember the IBAN number when he walked out? Uh, you only I, need that for withdra withdrawals, apparently. Is that, is, I said, the you've got the whole show. Oh, I'm sorry about that. that. Yeah, but yeah. Low, so many questions. Was the sort code one that he liked? Uh, did he have a savings account building? What was his overdraft that he picked? Yeah. Tell us everything. That's right. Uh, thank you, Max. That was very in enlightening. Uh, let's play the birthday spread. Now, this is ten birthdays. Um, Andy has uh, set the question. He has a guilt edge gag for each one. Andy Jacobs, of course. And uh, myself and Max have to guess how old these people are. It's pretty straightforward. There's a sort of sporting element to it. You can play along at home. And a margin of error will build with each year we're out of the person's birthday. And the one with the shortest margin of error is the winner. Uh, we've been keeping a running total. Our scorer, Jeff Peters, will tell us exactly what that is in a moment. But first, good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, 
Afternoon, Max. I'm glad Max did that bank account skit for my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. It's like that. Is oh, it? that's uh, even absolutely. even getting even the pelters from the your, your jokes better be good the now, Jacob. Wait to hear from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, wait, she was never coming on. It was anyway. No, so um, it was creative radio, Andy. You know, yes, I'll, sir, give you, I'll give you some tips. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I, oh, yeah. Oh, look at, look at these two. Barmy, yeah. can very combative. It's like, it's like when he says the easy seat. That's, of course, it's easy if you don't put any effort in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's prickly for a man who was. I've been on great form for someone who've had four hours sleep here, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smashing he might, it. He, he might start crying if you have a game. He's very emotional today. The drink has made him very emotional. It really has. So, um, uh, Andy, you're going to keep your powder dry on what went on last night. You're going to tell yeah, us tomorrow. It was, it was quite a funny story, but uh, I enjoyed it. Look, it was mm. great. You know, I'd say it, it was absolutely fantastic, apart from the fans. No. Okay. <laughs> the fans sitting near you, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had a few really? issues. Yeah. But then you normally Huge do. Issues, yeah. But we'll hear but, more about uh, yeah, that tomorrow. Great result. Great yeah, result. absolutely. Um, Jeff Peters joins us now. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon to you, fellas. The 25th edition of the birthday spread wow. in this format, with Paul leading Max 21-3. 21-3. Wow. Wait. So My time bit, will come. Bit of catching up to do. And um, before we get underway... It's 30 years of her. Is it 60 years of her? It come is. On. Before we get underway, we're going to uh, just head back to John Norman. Uh, watching England-Pakistan in Cardiff because Pakistan's innings is over, John. Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, it's been and gone. 141 all-outs in less than 36 overs. Craig Overton uh, nipping out Shaheen Shah Afridi, the final wicket to fall. Brilliant stuff, really, though. And the tone of the innings set with the very first ball... Uh, bowled by Saqib Mahmood uh, to uh, dismiss Al-Haq first ball leg before and he followed that up two balls later uh, with the the big wicket, Babar Azam uh, edging to uh, Zach Crawley's second slip for naught for two um, it soon became 26 for four and Pakistan, well they never really recovered, uh, Zaman top scoring with 47 but as I say brilliant bowling from Mahmood at four for 42, couple of wickets uh, for the leg spinner Matt Parkinson England making five or rather making 11 changes and handing out five debuts, they, made, they handed out so many debuts that Ben Stokes couldn't remember two of them when <laughs> asked at the, uh, at the toss so there you go, but hey uh, what strength uh, England possess, Pakistan bowled out for 141 meaning England need 142 to win this first of three ODIs. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Uh, where's Pele? Is he with us? I hope so. No, he's not. Yes, oh, he is. Pele. Where's Pele? You coming on, in, Pele? Go on, Pele. There he oh, is. There we are. Okay, let's yeah. crack on because time's he impressing. Both, Tim... he, he thinks both England and Italy are going to win on Sunday. Of course, it depends where he is. First birthday. It's a very happy birthday to the writer Zoe Heller. Zoe Heller. And I've just designed a wooden contraption with wheels to get me to her house. I'm going to Heller in a handcart. Oh, fantastic. Can we make Pele a bit quieter? He's slightly fighting Andy. And I don't want to see I'm him going fight. to Heller in a handcart. Oh, yeah, excellent. <laughs> I I, I, the idea was to make Pele quieter, not you louder, Andy. I, uh, so, I, sorry. I was just dealing with the stress of not having a clue who Zoe Heller is. Okay. Oh, is it, um, do I go first? Go on then. I, or do I, as, as not officially, but on? I don't. I'd like you to go first. Because no, no, no. Is that the way it normally works? No, no. Jeff, you're in charge of these things. Who goes first? The winner goes first. Is that right? I don't think there are any specific rules on this. Oh, okay. Can, can you say Paul? Otherwise, the competition will be all over before we even start. I'll go first. Zoe Heller, uh, 54. 
55. 56. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> Challenger goes first, but, you know, I don't, you know, this, you, you've made, you changed the rules, Paul, it's fine. Oh, yes, What's that's a bit underhand what you did there, Max. Well, if you had a memory. What? It's getting quite isn't it? When he's had a drink. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not today, obviously, last night. He's <laughs> still in his system. Absolutely steaming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the score, Jeff? Uh, it's ball two, max one. Yeah, ball two, max one. Okay. Yep, good. Yeah, you'll be all right here, Max. It's okay. the fabulous Indian cricketer Mahindra Singh Dhoni. And uh, he was a special guest at our medieval fate. He really entered into the spirit of it jousting, the stocks and the ducking stall. We really enjoyed dunking Dhoni. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Dhoni, I reckon Dhoni. he's 37. Yeah, I would have said around that. 36. Oh, 40. Oh. Is he really? Oh, he's wearing well. Okay. Uh, what's that down to the scores, Jeff? Uh, Max is three out. Paul is four out. It's Paul six. Max four. Okay. If you're getting the idea of this by now, uh, I'm first now. Why is Jeff in a toilet? Is he in Lloyd Griffith's toilet? I think he's in Lloyd Griffith's <laughs> toilet. Yeah, he's, he's Porter toilet. <laughs> the Are we ready? Yes, we're ready. Of course yeah, we Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. It's the uh, great singer from the Seekers, uh, Judith Durham. Judith oh, yeah. Durham. Uh, she now pronounced a, she, sorry, she now presents a controversial drive time show on music radio. <laughs> <laughs> the new Seekers. Were they all that? That was yes. her subject. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I'm first, aren't I, here? Oh, so, yeah, I mean, you've dropped goodness. on here by messing with the order. Oh, I know the Because you wouldn't have a clue. Do you, you know who Judith Durham yeah. was? Well, I, if you hadn't said the Seekers, but, you know. Okay. Um, 84, Andy. What do you think? I go 82. 78. Oh, sorry, Judith, if you're listening. Put six years on her, poor woman. <laughs> the carnival is over as far as she's concerned. <laughs> well, all you Seekers fans. <laughs> out Lucky Andy was there to laugh. I was like, well, I don't know any Seekers songs. Yeah. So what's the scores, Jeff? Uh, it's Paul 12, Max 8. <sighs> okay, go on then. Do you think that was one for the teenagers? Try this one. It's Lord Francis Maud of Horsham. Lord Francis Maud. Mm. He always insisted on indoor meetings, even on the hottest day. I had to say to him, come into the garden, Maud. Oh, blimey. <laughs> wow, we are thought <laughs> the Seekers fans were pushing out. Not a clue, man. An old song, Victorian. Even before I was born, that yeah, one. Wow. 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 wow, that is old. Know, had right, go on then. Uh, right, Francis Maud. Lord Maud. Lord Maud. I Lord think Maud. I know who that is. I'm picturing a quite a red-faced man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Lord Maud is 78. Lord Maud, 84. Lord Maud, 68. Oh! oh. With our apologies to Lord Maud. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lord Maud, if you're listening. <laughs> What's, What's the chances? Adrian doing Lord Maud is a fraud, 879. Yeah. Yeah. What's the scores, Jeff? Yeah. With Judith. <laughs> yeah. well, Max has won all four rounds so far. Wow. Uh, it's uh, Paul on 28, Max on 18 after four. Uh, okay, well, 10. That's no, after in. five, isn't it? That's four. It's, it's been four, no, four no, you, you Oh, I missed one out. Oh, I missed one out. I'm sorry about that. You're okay. right. change everything. Okay. It's really messed with oh, the well, game. Oh, well, he could do. Go yeah, on then. Here we go. Now. It's uh, the author and journalist and editor of the Times Literary Supplement from 91 to 2002, Ferdinand Mount. Ferdinand Mount. And I've just joined his secret sect with its special handshake. Yes, I'm yeah. really proud to be a Mason <laughs> Mount. Uh, Yay! <laughs> what were his years, Andy? Uh, 91 to 02. Yes. 91 to 02 he did that, did he? Uh, edited this. Okay, 83. 86. 82. Oh, I've clawed a couple back as we had, uh, as we go in for a, um, a great time. Half time. Great time to get a few points. What, so, what's the half time score, Jeff? 
Uh, well, Ferdinand Mount, I always remember, he wants to give a, a piggyback to the ex-Southampton player, Andrew Sermon. Yes, yeah. Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah, um, that's, that's yeah, well, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> have to did finish that off, that one. <laughs> didn't have to Christians off, out there. Yeah. <laughs> Fairly self-explanatory. So what's the score, Jeff? <laughs> it is yeah. Paul 29, Max 22. OK, Paul 29, Max 22. Uh, that means Max is winning at the moment, wow. but narrowly. There's nothing in it. Nothing in it. And so we return in a few moments for uh, the second half. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Here's Pele's back, and uh, we carry on with the birthday spread. Hello, Pele. Hi, Pele. What does Andy. he do during the break? Pele, Pele. Oh, he has a cup of tea and a biscuit and uh, just relaxes. Well, yeah, absolutely right. And then no changes, by the way. Paul is still uh, representing Paul and I'm still representing me. I've got 29. Max has got 22. He is winning this competition by seven, but he leads off sure. for his sixth birthday. Mm. Andy Jacobs, take it away. John says, don't worry, yes. Paul. There's plenty of time for another spectacular Mac Devon lock collapse. Here we well, go. There's nothing in this well, game. It's tight. It's right. tight business. Very, very close. It's a happy birthday to the chairman of UK Infrastructure Structure Bank to support regional growth and tackle climate change, and the chief executive of British Land from 2009 to 2020, Chris Grigg. Chris Grigg. Mm. And uh, I invited Chris around for a barbecue, actually, and he got far too near the flames of the grill. Chris Grigg's on fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a bit Chris Grigg yeah. is 70. <laughs> is he? Mm. I'd say he's about 67. Uh, 62. Oh, okay. okay. So, what's that down to the scores? Official score of Jeff Peters. Well, the gap has closed a little bit more. So, uh, Paul is five out, mm -hmm. which takes him on to thirty-four. Yeah. And Max is eight out, which takes him on to thirty-four in it after six. On to thirty. Okay. okay. He's really phasing. He's really phasing. He is. It, it sounds, sounds like, like it's like Ichiku Park. He's going to say. Over bridge of signs. Anyway, he does a bit. Doesn't anyway. He? Yeah. He does. A very happy birthday to the chef and restaurateur, Wolfgang Puck. Oh, Wolfgang wow. oh, Puck. Oh, come on, Andy. Andy well, <laughs> the no, time of day. Great, <laughs> seriously, he's a great fan of our show, and he, he even asked me if we do TV formats for Wolfgang Puck, but you've got to draw the lights up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's out of the question. Um, I'd say, I'd say uh, Wolfgang is um, 61. Do you know Wolfgang? Yes, I do. Okay. He's 57. Okay, right, fair enough. <laughs> you can't know him very well. Yeah. 72. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, oh, dear, there's Jeff, the lead gone. Uh, Steve Marriott, what's that done to the scores? It is, after seven, 45 plays 45. Oh, wow. What, what, two wow. Players what a fantastic at game. At this level of the game is extraordinary. It is. It's like a game of it chess, uh, but not as interesting. Oh, it might go to the tiebreak. I've got a tiebreak in case we need it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, birthday number eight. The scientist chiefly responsible for cloning Dolly the Sheep in 1996, mm. Professor Sir Ian Wilmot. And uh, the ECB have got in touch with him recently to say there's a real lack of all-rounders now. And could he clone the great, late, great Basil Dolivera? Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dolly the cricketer. So, did you give me the year that Dolly the Sheep was cloned in that one? 1996. 96, yeah. Ian Wilmot. What's that mean? In there. Yeah. Great Brian Moore there. Here we go. Up for grabs now. The pressure is really too much now, isn't it? No, it's not. Weak and emotional. Just a bit of fun. 96. 76. 84. Ooh, 77. Good work. Ooh. Ooh. 
What's that done to the scores, Jeff Peters? It's a very cocky 84 there, Paul. Well, <laughs> if an 84 can be cocky. Um, what, what, um, sorry, Jeff. Uh, so Paul is seven out, moves on to 52, mm. and Max is one out and is on 46. There is six in it with two to play. Oh, man. 46 plays 52. Okay. Why are you broadcasting from a toilet today? Uh, can you can you tell us? It, it's just from a different nerve centre. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Well, I, the other nerve centre is better. Very <laughs> we missed that phone ringing in the background. Oh, we're in the no, worst the nerve centre. Yeah. Okay, two more to go. Take it away, Andy. Okay, uh, the, the <clears> fine <throat> actor <throat> Eve Marie Saint. Eve Marie Saint. And we were discussing the vagaries of acting and stagecraft when I said to her, it's a funny old game, Saint. Yes. It's very true. I don't know Eve Marie. I don't know Saint. Eve Do you Marie. No, she is. It would no. be me leading off. The change in order of this has, has very you, much played in remember your favour. Remember, Andy, Andy went in the wrong order as well. Yeah, didn't he, he did. Put yeah, yeah. The fifth it's, birthday it's, fourth. It's, so. This is kind of there should be an asterisk against I this game, well, depending on happens. whether I win or <laughs> lose. The max wobble starts, so, says Martin. Um, <laughs> Eve Marie Saint, not a clue. Um, Sixty-seven. <sighs> Part of me thinks she's about twenty-eight. She sounds quite young. Death in Paradise she? actress. I don't know why. Like oh, okay. a young one, but I'm just too nervous. What do you no, say? Go 67. Go 67. Yeah, 67. Go for it. Go on, say 30. 61. Oh, come on. She's 97. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now, Jeff's got some she maths looks, to do. She looks really... She, in Death in Paradise, honestly. She looks yeah. so young. Yeah, she, uh, she was a corpse. <laughs> She's a corpse. Um, anyway, Jeff, what's that down with the scores? Uh, 36 plus 46. I told you it'd take a while. <laughs> and take your shoes and socks off. 36 plus 46. Do you know what? Yeah. With one to go, mm -hmm. it's 82 apiece. 82. Oh, my goodness. Well, who goes first? Whoa. We have to write it down, surely. Um, do we have to write this one down? Let's do it. We'll show I that think the camera. Would, I think that would be fair, actually. Yeah, we're going to write this I, one I down. Do okay. like, I do like counting in a toilet. That's a radio feature <laughs> I'm going to use at the weekend. <laughs> come on, then, Jeff. Oh, no, sorry, come yeah. on, Andy. What's you the can't game? write Quick. it down until I've told you who it is. No, that's true. It's Lady Katie Clark of Kilwinning. Lady Katie Clark of Kilwinning. Uh, former uh, MP and Labour MSP. And before she received a damehood, Katie refused point blank to serenade me. Now I can't stop her. I said, you only sing when you're kill winning. That's very good. Uh, but the tension is building here. Um, what have you gone with? You're going to show it to me? I'll show it to you. 83. I've gone 74. It'll be verified by the... the yeah, 74 versus 83. How old is she? She's 54. Oh! oh. <laughs> it is. I can't believe it! Oh. Oh, He's done no. it again. Oh, He's done oh, it golly. again. Anyway, Jeff, <laughs> well, what, what's the score It's here? ridiculous, this. What's the score? Uh, it has finished. Paul on 102, <laughs> Max on 111, and yeah. Paul extends his lead 22 to 3 in this 25th celebratory edition yeah. of the book. <laughs> yeah, the silver jubilee. <laughs> The silver jubilee of the birthday spread. <laughs> thank you, Andy. We'll see you tomorrow. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. Lovely. Um, okay. And thank you, Jeff. We'll catch up with you, hopefully, in your normal nerve centre next week. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, no problem. Well done there, Paul. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And uh, Matt, uh, Andy will be back with me uh, tomorrow. Max, you'll be here on Saturday and Sunday, building up to the final, won't you? Yeah, Saturday in the studio. Sunday, somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere near, Wembley. near Wembley, Italian cafe, I don't know, but building up to the game, and the important thing to remember is the only show 
The only game that I didn't work on Talksport was yeah. the nil-nil. The only day Scotland. I didn't broadcast. That's the only one England haven't won. So That's that is a sign. A Okay, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.